Get your fill of baseball news and beer reviews at foulballarea.com. Follow our blog for the latest news around the baseball world and read about some of our favorite ballpark beers. Tune into the podcast every Wednesday as we take a deep dive into the topics of the day. Stay connected by signing up for our mailing list or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Foulball Area. Now, here's today's episode of the Foulball Area Podcast with Matthew Atkins and Trey Lyle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Foulball Area Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Atkins, alongside my co-host, Trey Lyle. And we got a little bit of a uh, Foulball Area on location situation going on today. Trey Lyle coming to us live from the Chesapeake Bay. We missed each other just by a little bit. Mariah and I were out there. This weekend, you came in on Sunday, so we missed each other just by a little bit, but from the looks of it, it looks like you're having a great morning sitting out on the porch, taking in a view of the bay, having your coffee, and talking baseball. You can't beat that. Yeah, it's a very ideal setup. Uh, I, of course, missed you because I was at my one of my closest friends, Alan's wedding. Congrats to Alan and Julia. So they got married this past weekend, took my dad, and uh, that was fun. So, uh, But yeah, it's... Uh, pretty good place to uh, to record a podcast. It's early, so it's not hot yet. The breeze is coming in, so uh, it's 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 nice. And uh, we have some great baseball to talk about, including uh, a guy that's tearing it up, which we'll I'll talk about in a second. Yeah, uh, I think we're going to talk about the same guy. We're going to get back to our usual uh, podcast topics. Get into the uh, MVP of the week and the best thing we saw this week, like we've been doing all season. So we'll start off with the MVP of the week and i think that we both have the same pick trey why don't you go ahead and give it to us i'm just gonna preface this he is eight for seven with 11 rbis and has four home runs in five games since the all-star break and is now at 37 and on pace for 62 it's aaron judge and the what the way he is playing right now and if he's this is you know it feels like he's finally putting it together despite the fact that he's had mvp like seasons but he's staying healthy and it's, it's amazing to see. And the guy is just destroying baseballs and once again, owning the Baltimore Orioles, which they took two with the Yankees take two and three. And he is, he is crushing baseballs and he is the hottest hitter and, and really just clearly the MVP of the league. Yeah. I got to go with him too. Uh, In the last seven days, he, like you said, eight for seven, four home runs in five games. Uh, he's got a 1.776 OPS in the five games since the All-Star break. Batting 474, 565 on base percentage. I mean, he is just crushing it. And he's on his way to an American League MVP award this year if he keeps up this pace. He is just absolutely crushing the ball. He's playing really well in all aspects of the game. So, yeah, he's my MVP of the week and MVP of the season if he keeps it up. Yeah, I agree. uh, We've only – well, all right, we haven't done an episode since the All-Star game. We last recorded on Tuesday morning before the game. So, best thing you saw this week. I guess you can include the All-Star game in there. You can include anything that happened in the the one series that we've had since the All-Star break. So, what was the best thing that you saw this past week, Trey? So this this came out right after the All-Star game, and it was Clayton Kershaw's press conference. After it ended, uh, he was stopped by a young child, uh, Blake Rice, and um, 
he basically told Clayton Kershaw how his grandfather had wanted to meet Clayton Kershaw. That was on his bucket list, but unfortunately he passed away from cancer. So, of course, Kershaw, being the great guy he is, talks to him for a couple minutes, gives him a hug, and just seeing that interaction uh, reminds folks the impact that baseball can have on people is just insane, and sports in general, but the impact, like, the bigger aspects to the game. Like, yes, baseball is is, is a game, and it, it's great, but, like, the way it can comfort people is just so amazing, and seeing that kind of was was awesome to see, and Kershaw interacting with him, and I, I think the Dodgers have done something since then, but I'm not exactly sure, but I know – just seeing that interaction, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, that is really cool. Um, my best thing that I saw this week, I got to go with just the whole day of games back after the All-Star break. It was a wild day. We had the Blue Jays putting up 28 runs against the Boston Red Sox. We had a game between the, uh, I think it was the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, maybe. want to make sure I get that right, but... One of the games went into 13 innings, first game back from the All-Star break. It was uh, or it was Friday night, and it was the Rockies and the Brewers, 13 innings. And again, the Blue Jays scoring 28 runs against the Red Sox. You had go-ahead grand slams in the Dodgers-Giants game. It was Cody Bellinger hitting a go-ahead grand slam to put the Dodgers on top. They ended up winning 5-1, to one, so... That whole first full day back on Friday after the All-Star break, that was just a fantastic day of baseball. So that was the best thing that I saw this week. And I'm looking forward to keeping it going now that we are in almost the home stretch. You know, it's almost the end of July. We get August, September, and then it's playoff time. So really getting down to the home stretch, playoff races heating up, pennant races heating up. This is the time where baseball gets really exciting and you really got to put your best team out there and try to win the games. So I'm really excited for what's coming in the next couple of months. For that, we get the trade deadline. That's coming up soon. And there's one big name that everyone's going to be watching, and that is Juan Soto and whether or not he will be traded before the deadline or if they'll try to trade him over the offseason. I personally think they're not going to get a deal done before the deadline. I think that it's too complicated. He's too good of a player for them to try to take a deal in the next week or so, I think that they have to wait until at least the off season, try to try to get the best package that they can for him. And I don't think that they're going to be able to do that in the next week. I won't put anything past Scott Boris, his agent. Um, but I agree with you. I, my gut is telling me he won't get traded, but I'm not going to be surprised if it happens. Um, I felt like after it came out that he wasn't going to get traded, if it didn't happen within two weeks so maybe by the end of next week really then I think it won't happen um but like we said last week there's so many few teams that truly can deliver you a package right now for Juan Soto that it's going to be difficult to see like I think we put five maybe six teams and that can truly give you a package for Juan Soto and that includes players and prospects so I think the Nationals should wait, and but will Soto force their hand? Will they kind of, you know, and get traded? But we'll see. Uh, 
I won't put past the you know the trade to happen, but I agree with you. I I don't think I don't think it will happen, but I wouldn't be sure. MLB.com has an article uh, where they're talking with Major League Baseball executives, polling front office executives about their thoughts on the Soto situation. And they asked which teams you view as the favorites to trade for Juan Soto. Eight of them said the Padres. Seven of them said the Dodgers. Three said the Yankees. You got some other teams thrown around in there as well. But Padres, Dodgers, Yankees, that seems like the three teams that kind of have the best shot at trading for Juan Soto. And then they also asked them whether they think that he will be traded by the deadline. And eight of the executives said yes, seven said no. So it really is kind of a toss up whether or not a deal will get done by the deadline. But Padres, Dodgers and Yankees seem to be the front runners for the Juan Soto sweepstakes. And I could see him going to any of those teams. Yeah, and it could be a team that wants him, you know, because he has two years of team control left. It could be a, a situation where you trade for him, you get him for two years, you try to, you know, like I think this might be the Padres. I thinking is if we get Soto for two years, we'll, we, you know, we have a two year window of winning, of putting our best roster out here, but we have a really good shot of winning the World Series. And so is the trade package not as big knowing they can't get the extension? Yeah, so maybe. Interesting, interesting to see how that dynamic plays out. Maybe definitely going to be an, uh, an interesting deadline as it comes up on August 2nd. So really just a week and one day until this Luis year's Castillo trade deadline. Will be, you know, I, I think another big name will be Luis, Luis Castillo of the Reds. He'll get traded. Um, I think pitcher pitching is going to be the big part of the deadline. Like the Yankees need pitching. Um, that, you know, that's the premier team. I think uh, if you're the Astros need pitching, the, the Dodgers could use it. The Mets could use it. Um, bullpen arms are always going to be big, so we'll see what what shakes out. How about this name, Shohei Otani? You know, MLB Network every day they're saying you know mock trades for Shohei Otani. Who would you give up for Shohei Otani? What team could he be traded to? Do you think there's a real possibility that the Angels get rid of him? To the angel, I yeah, I will say yes. I won't put it past it because I don't know if they're going to pay him because they already have so much money committed to Trout, Rendon, you know. So I don't know if they'd pay him, and that's why I'll say yes. I don't think it will happen. Um, my question is: Is the Soto market kind of changing the Otani market? Because is Soto worth more because he's younger? But it. So that would be interesting to see how that dynamic plays out because, I mean, getting Sohei Otani would be insane for any of these contending teams. Yeah, it would. I, I personally don't see a Sohei Otani trade happening this year. Maybe it could happen before his contract is up. I don't think that it's going to happen right now, but you're right. The angels do have a lot of money tied up in other players. And I don't know that they'll be able to hold on to all of them. And Otani, the way he's playing, I think he's going to demand a large contract when he does reach free agency. So 
yeah, I think that that's definitely a, a possibility that he could be traded, but I don't think that it's going to happen this year. All right, last week we talked about the home run derby, recapped everything that happened there on Monday night, and then we previewed the all-star game. So let's wrap that up a little bit. Trey, I don't know if you, or I hope you got to watch it. I tried to tune in a little bit, but of course I was at work on Tuesday night, so I didn't get to watch too much of it. Where are your overall thoughts on the all-star game? I'm sure as a Yankees fan, you were pretty happy with uh, the way it turned out. I was. I uh, I very much enjoyed the game, and it it was exciting. And I think uh, you know the American League still owns the National League, and uh, Stan it being the MVP was cool. And he hit a another bomb out of Dodger Stadium, which he's he's you know they they interviewed him, and it was uh, they talked. He already talked about hitting a bomb out of Dodger Stadium. Uh, I think my favorite part was you know, Nestor Cortez pitching because they had him and Trevino hooked up to the mic. So you saw Nestor communicate to the his, his catcher what pitches he was going to throw and and stuff like that. So that was cool to see. So I, I, I love the access of the game. I think that's the best part. Um, it makes fans want more in the regular season, which Sunday Night Baseball is doing a little bit by hooking up a player each week and having to talk to, and talking to them. And I think Fox has done that some too. So uh, I think for presentation and it was a solid game, you know, three, two, they had drama. I really wanted the it to go to quote unquote extras for the home run derby off, but I, I thought it was a solid, great game. Yeah. From what I heard, it sounded like it was a good game. Uh, obviously Giancarlo Stanton hitting the massive home run, winning MVP of the game. Ronald Acuna Jr. looked like he had a pretty good game as well. He got on base a couple of times. And I heard that Brian Snicker left him in longer than any of the other starters. And when he came up for, I think, his third at-bat, he got some boos from the crowd at Dodger Stadium for being left in the longest of all the NL starters. But, uh, yeah, it sounded like it was a good time. The Mike situation, I, I, I like that in an exhibition game. I know they're doing that sometimes in uh, – Sunday night baseball every week. I don't really love that during a real actual game, but during an exhibition game like the All-Star game, I think it's fine. I think it does kind of give the fans more access uh, side of the game that they don't usually get to see. And it does uh, allow, you know, a little more entertainment, which that's what the All-Star game is about. It's it's an entertainment um, event. It's not, you know, it's not a real competition. It doesn't have any meaning the way it used to where it decided home field advantage for the world series, which I think is actually a good thing because it should just be an exhibition game. And so, yeah, I think that it, I think they did a good job with it this year and all of it, the home run derby, the all-star game, everything. It looked like it was a great time. And now they're moving on to next year when they will head to Seattle for the game. So that'll be an interesting uh, location as well. Can I say something? And I think this was smart. Um, Julio Rodriguez is one of the biggest young stars. And since he plays for the Mariners, they hyped him up. Like they kind of were like, you know, next year, Julio Rodriguez could own this all-star weekend. Similar to kind of like, there's always one person that does like, I think Otani did it, you know, in Cleveland and you could argue Julio Rodriguez did it to some degree, but I think, uh, it was more of a, Hey, this is LA. Like they, you know, Kershaw, Kershaw was um 
was showing up and, and stuff like that. But they hyped up like, hey, this is going to be his moment next year in Seattle. Like, this is this is a kid who was you know, signed by 16 years old by Seattle, and they told a story. And, and that, so I thought that was really cool and, and kind of smart just to get connect the fans with a young young star that no one sees who's really good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That'll be um, it'll be good next year for the All-Star game to be in Seattle with Julio Rodriguez being one of the best young players in the game. Um, yeah, I think that that's something to look forward to if you're a Mariners fan, especially, but also just for baseball fans. It is fun to see which player, like you said, owns the All-Star weekend. You know, I think last year it was Shohei Otani. This year it could have been, you know, it's definitely Juan Soto on Monday night and Giancarlo Stanton on Tuesday night, but yeah, it's always fun to see which player is going to have a breakout moment, an all-star weekend. Speaking of the Seattle Mariners, we take a look at the standings right now. They are a wild card team and they're in second place in the AL. I don't think they're going to catch up to the Astros because they're 13 games back, but they're a wild card team right now. They're seven and three in their last 10 games, although they are on a three game losing streak. But they've been playing very well recently. And they're one of the teams that we were thinking, you know, contender or pretender, them and the Baltimore Orioles. They were both on 10-game win streaks at one point. The Orioles right now, they're 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. Which is Eight. a win for them. Yeah, yeah like, it come is. Come on, they're hovering 500. <laughs> that is a win. You can't, like, say bad things. The Baltimore Orioles are hovering. They're last in the division, hovering 500. Like, the but... And probably the top to bottom best division in baseball. Um, the way the way it looks, you know, you clearly the Yankees are carrying the load with being the best team, but all those teams are above five hundred. And so, you, I, despite let's not bash the O's right now. Just saying right. they right. they they did play the best team in baseball in a series to skew that record. Just two. So but the, finish what you were saying. Yeah, the Orioles are three and a half games out of a wild card spot. The Mariners, though, they're looking at a wild card spot right now. So it is a very interesting race in the American League. And I think that the Mariners, you know, they, they, all right. So looking at the full standings, it looks like Toronto and Tampa Bay have the two wild card spots, but you got the Twins and the Mariners right there. It's a very close race, and I think the Mariners, I think they are contenders. I, I really, really want them to make the playoffs because every year they, they do this. They play really well at some point in the season, make you think that they're going to make the playoffs, and then somehow they miss out on it. And they, haven't, they still haven't made the playoffs since 2001. So I really want them to make the postseason this year. I agree. Um, they, as it stands, like you said, they would make the postseason because there's three wild card teams this year. Um, but it's a it's a close race. I mean, the fact that the White Sox are 500 is a disappointment. Um, Boston, I I just I don't see it with Boston. They've lost five straight, and simply put, they're they're not playing an AL East team. They're good. I think I saw a stat where they're like 15 to 36 against the AL East and 36 and 15 against the rest or something like that. Like they have been really good out on teams outside of the division, but it showed this past weekend when they got swept by Toronto 
and Toronto scored 27 runs in one game. Like, for some reason this year, Boston cannot beat their division. And the best pitcher got hurt in Chris Sale in that series right before the All-Star break. So, um, I I really think it's going to come down. I, I think – I can't believe I'm going to say this, but, you know, I think Baltimore's got a shot. I mean, what if – I think the dream scenario, quote-unquote, Sicko's scenario would be – Game a one oh there's not a game one sixty three this year oh that'd been great but what if we get a wild card game between Baltimore Orioles and the Seattle Mariners that would be insane that would be the best thing ever I mean so you'd have the Mariners who haven't made the playoffs since two thousand one you'd have the Orioles who they they had some success last decade but. You know, they haven't been good in a couple of years. Two teams deprived of success and they face each other in game 163. That would be amazing. It's too yeah. bad that we're not going to see something like that. That's see, that's why we need game 163 brings back. I will say this, though. American Lease is weird where we have two divisional races basically done at this point because the Yankees are 12 and a half games up. And you mentioned already Houston, 13 games up. But uh, flip it to the other side. The Mets have company in the oh, yeah. National League East. Yeah, it they was, do. It got to a half game at this point, at a point. But, of course, Mets win yesterday, Braves lose. So it's back to a game and a half. This was a double-digit lead at one point. And I am not shocked by this. I, I still believe in the Mets because they have not added shirt. They barely had Scherzer, and they still don't have Jacob DeGrom, and he should come back. We'll see. I think he's just started his rehab starts. So, it would I be shocked if the Braves win the division? No. The Met, as you always say, the Mets are going to met. Um, but it's got to happen at some point. It it's getting it's getting quite interesting. Uh, that you know, these two teams are. We're going to go right at it towards this, the end of the stretch. And so uh, fortunate both are, uh, you know, Atlanta could easily pass them here because we have a subway series coming up between the Yankees and the Mets and the Braves play the Phillies. So it, it could happen very soon. It could happen this week that the Braves, you know, finish it off and take the lead in the division. Yeah, big series for the Braves playing the Phillies. They got to fend them off keep them down in third place and make sure that the Braves stay up in second place or, or overtake the Mets for first place in the division. So that's a big series coming up. A uh, couple of other fun series, the Rays and the Orioles, two teams in the AL East that we were talking about. One has a wild card spot. One is three games out of a wild card spot. That's a big series for the Orioles. Try to make up some ground over there in the American League wild card race. Uh, looks like the Yankees don't play tonight, but coming up 26th tomorrow, they will start play against the Mets. Yeah, start that Subway Series like you mentioned. World Series preview. <laughs> it could be. It's it going to happen. So they are on the road against the Mets this weekend or this week. And then coming up this weekend... We got the Mariners and the Astros. So, like I said, I don't think the Mariners are going to overtake the Astros for first place in the AL West. That's just too big of a lead that the Astros have. 
but they're looking at a wild card spot. They're trying to hang on to that. So I think that that is uh, something to look for, something to watch this weekend, that Mariners Astros series. It's in Houston, but the Mariners, they've been playing well. So that's one to watch coming up this weekend. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Give us your thoughts on the season so far. Do you think Juan Soto gets traded? Do you think Shohei Otani gets traded? Do you think anything else bigger is going to happen this time of year? Let us know. Follow us on Twitter at Mackins in the News at Trey Lyle BT. As always, you can connect with us at Foul Ball Area Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're also on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg page. Give us a five star review. As always, get those numbers up as. Spread the word, tell your friends, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Make sure to leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they come out.